Good day to you and welcome to the broadcast. This is our Romans Bible study. We're in chapter 15. Glad to have you watching whenever it is you might be watching. I was looking up this morning to see when we began this wonderful study of God's uh, Word here in the book of Romans. And we began this study back in March of 2018. Imagine that. Now, two and a half years a little bit longer, and that's two sessions a week that we have covered verse by verse the entirety of the first 15 chapters of Romans, and I believe that we will finish chapter 15 today. God bless all of you for uh, sticking with us and just growing with us and, and learning the word of the Lord in its righteous context as God's words of truth. You see, it's God's truth that reveals his righteousness. Proverbs 12 and 17 tell us that. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. But then in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, the Bible tells us that God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel. So it's, an, it, it, it's, it's, it's not the gospel or the truth. It's the gospel truth on every page of your Bible always about Jesus Christ and what he would do at the cross for all those who would ever live would have a chance to believe and accept him and be a child of God. Hallelujah. So over two and a half years, twice a week, we've come to you. And this morning, we'll probably finish chapter 15 of the wonderful letter to the church in Rome. And it's also a letter from the Lord to us today if we have ears to hear and we've taken God's word personal. And I have, beginning back in 1994, the Lord brought me as a backslidden prodigal son back to the word of God. And 10 years after that, he introduced me to the way to live for God. That is through faith exclusively in his son and his son's work at the cross. And in that moment when I accepted that, subjected myself to that truth because it is in the Word, then God began to turn the light on like never before. And it's only those that come back who've wandered away that come back to the cross, faith in the cross alone, that God will begin to turn the light on like never before. I'm saying all this this morning to say what a wonderful two and a half years it's been thus far, and we still have a little bit to go in this 15th chapter of Romans, and then one more entire chapter, and I'm excited about that. There's nothing more precious in our lives than studying and having the Holy Spirit impart to our hearts and guide us in the truth of God's Word. You see, we can read God's Word, but we need to be hearing God speak the Word to us. And I'm not talking about some audible voice. I'm talking about that still, small voice that teaches us the truth of God's Word. He guides us in the truth of God's Word because the truth of God's Word is where His righteousness is revealed, and it's only on the path of righteousness that He leads us. When we were born again, Romans chapter 6 bears this out, this same wonderful letter, 
that when we were born again, in a moment's time, in that very moment we believed upon Christ and his work at Calvary, we were made two things. We were made free from sin, and we were made servants of righteousness. In a moment, we didn't have to go and become servants of righteousness. Now, we did have to choose daily from that moment until now to yield to the same truth that freed us from sin and allowed us to be made the servants of righteousness so that we could yield unto obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6 bears that out. And if we're not learning to yield to, to serve obedience unto righteousness, then we're still, even though children of God, serving the sin nature, bound by it, dominated by it, no matter how religious and faithful in some church uh, location we may be, the sin nature dominates our lives, even if it's through nothing but religious pride. It dominates us if our faith is not in the cross of Christ. And God in these last days is raising up a remnant who's coming back to that way, only and exclusive way of faith and grace. We do not get to choose the avenue through which we'll serve God. He's, gave, he's given all of us that one measure of faith that one race to run, and we don't get to choose how we'll serve God on our own terms. He gave us his spirit so that the spirit of God could guide us into the will of God. Amen. I said it last night. God didn't give us his spirit to guide us into our will and doing our own thing in our way. God gave us his spirit to guide us in the path of his will, which is the path of righteousness. Praise God. So again, it's a wonderful Bible study. I hope you tune in every Monday and Thursday morning live at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And there you'll find the all the sessions, teachings, preaching, worship services uploaded at that YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316 and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com will get you there as well where everything we do is uploaded. So this day, we're in Romans chapter 15. This is part 12 and we will begin in verse 29. Praise God for the opportunity to be here. Praise God for all of you. We are surely growing and learning of the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. And I believe today God has something special for us. For when we open his word, if we want to hear from him, if it's our mission and desire to hear from him, and we must, for faith can only come through hearing, and we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yes, that's what he's spoken, and it's written for us, but we must hear God. It's more than reading and memorizing. Thank God for both of those, but we must hear the Lord, for he wants to impart to us the truth of his word. Verse 29, here in Romans chapter 15, Paul says, I am sure that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Paul never left the front 
portion of his mind focus on the gospel. Paul never put the gospel back here so he could attend to other things. Everything Paul was attending to had the gospel in the forefront of his mind because without the gospel focus, there is no focus on God. There is no focus on Christ. There is no focus on the mission of God. Paul tells the church in Philippi in chapter one of that great letter that our lives should be that which are becoming the gospel. That's right. Our lives should be that which are becoming the gospel. And if the gospel isn't the centerpiece, and I and I know it's not in most of the church because I, years ago I was in a church uh, that the gospel, if you had an evangelist come who would point you to the things of the gospel, nobody would show up. But if you had a prophet come, oh, a prophet come, uh, of this or that, which was really just a big bag of flesh. And I know people hear that who are still bound in that, and, and, and they're not looking for the words of truth that would shine the light on their path. They're looking for words that would give them something fleshly, something material, something. And I know, and I, I come out of that, and praise God, some 17, 18 years ago, and, and you know, my heart goes out to people, all the millions who are still trapped in that blindness and trapped in that darkness who their mind they're not their lives aren't becoming the gospel they're, they're not gospel centered which means they're not christ centered unfortunately but nevertheless if our if our minds aren't gospel centered and we have to be gospel centered just as the apostle paul was we have to be focused if we're not gospel centered then the least we could say is that our vision is blurred, but more than likely, it's blindness. Peter, Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1 that he says, if these things, and he lists a whole bunch of things there that can be added to the only place God can add to your life, add to your faith, he says, the, 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 the starting point is to make sure that your faith is proper. And it's not proper just because I say my faith is proper. I, I've been given, and I have to say these things as the Spirit of God stirs me to say these things. These sessions, I don't, I don't do these Romans teachings with notes I do them simply from years of studying and what the Lord drives, not really drives me, but, but leads me in as we teach. And I, and I must say this, that God has given to every believer the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Go back, write these down, go back and look at these in greater uh, focus later. He's given to every child of God upon being born again the measure of faith. That means the portion. A portion, a measure, means that which you have was measured, portioned out of something. And Paul in Galatians 2 and 20 says, the life that we live as the children of God now in this flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself. Talking about the work at Calvary, gave himself for us. That's where our faith was given to us from, measured out from, portioned out from his faith. And Peter, in that, 
in that second letter Peter wrote, in that first chapter, the first verse, Peter writes, this light precious faith that we've obtained through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That means this, this faith that you and I have been dealt by God is a gift because of our hearts believing, trusting in for salvation, the work of Christ on the cross. And we were given that measure of faith. Now hear me, that's the only faith God will add to. That measure of faith that was given to us through our hearts trusting unto righteousness. Romans 10 and 10, hallelujah. That's correct. God gave us through our heart believing unto righteousness. What Christ did for us at Calvary, for that is the righteous work. And you obtain, you receive that measure. God dealt to you that portion, that measure of faith. And that's the only faith in that avenue through which it was given to you that God can add to it. And that's why Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, that if these things lack are lacking in you, it's you've gone blind. I, I speak from experience. We as the children of God can go blind if we're not gospel-centered. Not the word gospel, but the message of the cross. The power of God, the Bible says. For without the power of God, the Holy Spirit, how can these things be added to my life? For he is the one who gives us what we have, adds to what we have, if our faith is proper. Speaking doesn't bring about faith. Faith comes by hearing, not speaking. Let's make sure we stay biblical. Much of the church thinks that they can get things by speaking. Faith, we live by faith, but faith doesn't come by speaking. You, you Listen, and don't stretch that and say, well, somebody's got to speak it before I hear it. Hearing takes place in the heart not these flappy things on the side of your head. Yes, we have to hear, but listen, a deaf person can do things and learn how to hear with the heart when they don't even have these flaps on the side of their head. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hallelujah. And what got us that measure of faith is that we heard God's word in the gospel context, for that is his word in righteousness. That's why salvation, when it took place, you were believing unto righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8, you can't get away from it. Don't you love it? All of God's words are in righteousness. Therefore, everything, if you're hearing properly, you're hearing God's words in their righteous context because you're hearing the truth. Remember what we said at the earliest part of this broadcast, Proverbs 12, 17, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. See, a false witness, I've been there, I've been guilty. A false witness will use God's word to shine a light on something other than where the light comes from, which is Christ who is the light and his righteousness 
which was given to us that we might be the light. Think about that. Psalms 37 verse 6, I believe it is, tells us that our righteousness will become as the light. Now, I want you to think about that. God's word is light to our path. Our righteousness has become that which is as light to us. If we're on the path of the just, which is the path of the righteous, that means we're being led by the Spirit of God. It's the only path he'll lead on as faith comes from hearing God's word in its righteous context, which is only revealed in the gospel. The gospel has to be in the front of your mind, my friend, not something you put on the shelf and call yourself going on into the deep things of God. If you've left the gospel, you've left Christ. You've left God. You've left the purpose and the plan of God on your life. You have to have the Holy Spirit. And you have to not be grieving Him. And He is grieved every time we trust in anything other than than the very work of Christ at Calvary. And God's not manipulated. God's not mocked. We will reap whatever we sow. You remember the people of Israel, the people of God in Exodus chapter 32. I've brought it up a lot in the last few months. When you read it in Exodus 32, when Moses was up on the mountain, God's people got tired of waiting on him, kind of like the church today. We're tired of waiting on Jesus. Is he ever coming? Well, until he comes, let's just build us some golden calves. Let's get involved in these purpose-driven government of 12 words you speak. All these things that we look at ourselves and what we can build and what we can do. But let's don't stop saying Jesus. Let's don't stop saying the cross sometimes. That's exactly what the people of God did in the Old Testament. When they built the golden calf, they, put, they built an altar right beside it. Well, God shows up. God says, I'm not mocked. I'm not fooled by what your faith is really in. Because if your faith is in Jesus and what he did at Calvary and anything else, you're telling me. Now, this is the Lord. God's telling us. No, we're telling God. Let's make sure I say this right today. When we're trusting in Christ and his work at Calvary and something that we do, in that something we do, we're telling God from our hearts, the cross, it's not enough. Now, I still believe in the cross, but it's really not enough to get me through today. I need this. I, I need this. No, God's grace is sufficient to you as the work of Christ at Calvary. My Lord, you, you need to write that down. You need to share that. God's grace to you is as sufficient as the work of Christ at Calvary is to you. And you need to be hearing these things. Some of you, some of you really need to be hearing these things. Here's the good one. I and all of us really need to be hearing these things. Hearing it one time, oh no, we need to take more earnest heed so that these things we're hearing like today don't slip away. Isn't it amazing that sin never slips away? But the truth of God's word will slip away if you don't hold it. The only words of God that the devil cannot steal out of your heart are those, those words that you're trusting through faith in the blood. Mm. 
He can't steal the Word of God. The Word of God cannot slip away if you're beholding and trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not, I'm not talking about you say you are. I'm not, te- I'm not talking about you declaring the blood verbally to the devil. He don't care what you're declaring to him just as long as your heart is not believing under righteousness. He don't care. He'll steal our children while we're telling him he can't have them. He'll rip our marriages apart while we're telling him he can't touch it. He will destroy our lives. He will devour us while we're screaming at him, telling him he can't touch us. He can steal everything we've got unless our faith is in the cross of Christ. That one place that gave you that measure of faith, that one place that crushed his head and took his authority, that one place that turns the light of God on in your heart and shows you the path according to his words of righteousness to be led in. Hallelujah. The devil don't care what you say. He don't care. You'll never defeat him by what you say. He's already been defeated by what Jesus did. Therefore, just keep trusting in that precious work, that precious blood of Christ shed for you at Calvary. Yet, oh, it seems so 2,000 years ago. Oh, but that's all we need today to get in the kingdom and to have the power of God to travel through the kingdom, to be used by the Spirit of God in a way that's Him and not us just pretending. And Oh, we can be so deceived. Hallelujah. Paul says, And I'm sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Oh, that we would bring the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ to the pulpit every time we stand before God's people to feed the flock, to share him on our jobs in the classroom. Paul says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. What I'm doing is for his sake. And for the love of the Spirit, don't you just love to be led of the Holy Spirit? Only those who know what it means to be led of the Holy Spirit (laughs) love the leading of the Holy Spirit. All those who were under law, Galatians chapter 5, works, 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 thinking they're doing something instead of trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary, they're not being led of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 18 tells us that. Those that are led of the Spirit are not under law. Law is what we think we have to do. I don't care how how right it looks and sounds. Jesus did all the work, hallelujah, and finished it at Calvary. And only when you come back to faith exclusively in Him and His work will you begin, I said begin, to love the leading of the Spirit, hallelujah, as He guides you only in the truth, which is who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for you at Calvary, so now the Word of God can literally be the light to your path. (laughs) Not just the words you declare, but the very steps that you take in your life. (laughs) Oh, I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Pray with me and for me that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted 
of the saints. Remember, Paul is carrying goods of some sort. He's carrying from the churches of Macedonia and Achaia before they've made certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. That's verse 26. Paul is now requesting from this church in Rome, please strive together he says, with me in your prayers to God for me that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. Because boy, people who do, let me say this this morning, people who are not walking with their faith in the cross, they are harming the body of Christ. Every person out there that has been saved, they are a part of the body of Christ. But if they've been distracted and carried away through the lust of their own flesh, away from the path of righteousness, even though they're so deceived they think they're on it, they've left the way. I didn't say they've lost their souls yet, but they've left the way of righteousness. Their faith is not in the cross alone. I know what I speak. I know what I'm talking about. They are harming the body of Christ. And they, there's only, listen, if they don't agree with what we're teaching and preaching, that means they're against it. I mean, if you're not against something you don't believe, then you're just wishy-washy altogether. I'm against and vocalize what I'm against, but what I'm against is simply those things that are not the gospel, that are not, the fruit of the gospel, not just against this and against that because I just want to be against something. I'm against that which stands against the gospel, which presents itself as the gospel but is not a gospel and which tries to show itself as the fruits of righteousness but are not the fruits of righteousness. Amen. He says, his prayer is this, please pray for me, Paul says, strive together with me in your prayers to God for me that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. And let me say it again, those that do not believe like you believe, they are harming the body of Christ. Amen. I know that, see, that's something the devil has thrown into the church. Well, just because we don't believe like you believe, oh, you have to believe like we believe or you won't go to heaven. You have to believe like we believe if you want to live for God successfully, if you want to live for God in triumph, in victory over your sin. We're not laying out two or three and we've chosen one and you got to go out. No, we're preaching and teaching God's word, the avenue of righteousness, the only avenue of victory that God has offered his people. I'm very much afraid and fear that just as when Jesus showed up in Israel, almost all of them rejected him. I'm afraid the closer we get to his coming to take us away as a church, most are not going to go. Most who claim Christ, I don't believe today, really even know what it means to be saved. And almost all of those who are truly saved have no idea about what it means to live for God in victory. You just ask Christians, how do you live for God? 99.9% of the time, you will not hear them say through faith in the sacrifice. You will hear them begin to just tell you what you have to do. Well, pray, study, go to church, give, fast, all the... Those are what we do. How do you live? How do you live for God? Because you and I do not get to choose different avenues of how we will live for God. 
there's only one avenue of how anybody can live for God. To live is Christ, Paul said. And it's the way of righteousness. And that is never on our own terms. That is self. Self terms are self-righteousness. Godly terms, according to God's word, according to our faith in the righteous work of Christ at Calvary, grants us the status of righteous and the opportunity, not automatic, but the opportunity to bear forth those fruits of righteousness if we're serving obedience unto righteousness, Romans chapter 6, and that is faith in Christ, obedience unto death, which was the open door for us to become righteous and to every day of our lives serve God in righteousness. Hallelujah. Let's get through this now. Paul says, verse 31, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. Oh, there's refreshing in the presence of God, in the presence of God's people. Don't ever let the enemy and your flesh talk you out of gathering with God's people. Remember, everything that's of God, that God has for you, will slip away. It will slip away. If you don't take the more earnest heed... <laughs> to focus on those things that have been given to you as a gift. You still live in a flesh. You live in a fleshly and sinful world. And there still is a devil. There still is a sin nature. And there is a backslidden church, unfortunately, at a large rate becoming more and more backslidden by the moment. What God has for you, what God has offered you, even that which you have received up until this moment, can all slip away if we don't take the more earnest heed not to go around and quote Scripture to make it look like we're on track while we're letting all these things we could, here comes the action verb, be involved in, a part of. Again, it's not on our own terms. It's according to the Word of God that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, of course, and may with you be refreshed. Oh, aren't you refreshed every time you're around the people of God? If you're not, your heart's not right with God. Because being in the presence of God in the company of God's people is a refreshing time. And if it's not, it's because fear is triumphing, fear is ruling, uh, wrong choices, uh, uh, the counsel, the wrong counsel is in our heart. Something's wrong when we can't be refreshed among those who have like precious faith. <laughs> Somebody said amen. Now the last verse of this 15th chapter, Paul says, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now the God of peace be with you all. The God who gives peace who made our peace, Colossians 1.20, by the blood of his cross. And as we keep our faith there and there alone, remember it's not yesterday faith was or tomorrow faith will be. In Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says now faith is. 
For faith yesterday has nothing to do with today, and tomorrow for us may never come. So now faith is. And that faith is that measure of faith God has given to you, that measure, that portion that's been measured and portioned out of the, me- the, 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 the faith that Jesus died by, tasted death by. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, glory to God. What a great chapter this has been. Everything God has offered to us, he's offered us through the avenue of the cross of Christ. That doesn't mean that once we get in, that everything just works automatically. If that were the case, we could throw out most of the New Testament. And if we think that's the case, God really, we must think he wasted his time writing many of the things he, he had written to us as the church. For we can fall from grace. We can remove ourselves from the one who's called us into this grace. That's all in Galatians, the very first chapter, well, all the way through the book, the letter. Fighting the good fight of faith wouldn't be necessary. Being told to, to uh, you know, to take the more earnest heed so the things we've heard won't slip. All those things wouldn't need to be written. If we didn't have to fight the good fight of faith, my friend, you see, the fight is not against sin or the devil. The fight is within our own hearts to see if we'll simply contend for the faith. If we will simply keep looking unto Calvary, ignoring all the attacks of the enemy, those that throw fiery darts of the enemy, they're all going to be locked up in a lake of fire very soon. And you and I are going to live with the Lord God forever and forever in a city wherein dwells righteousness. And my friends, nothing else dwells there but righteousness and the righteous people of God and all other things who've been a distraction and a hindrance and a resistance and a rebellion against God's plan to have a righteous people forever and ever will be cast away. Maybe you're listening to my voice right now and you've never humbled yourself. You realize right now you're lost. You're undone. You've never believed in Christ. You've never trusted in Christ. You think it's all a joke. Satan controls your life. Satan uses you to try to bring harm to people, to try to throw darts into the things of God. You will never win. You will never be successful at what you're doing. Even when you feel like you're successful, you're still standing on a platform of loss and defeat if Satan is using you. Him and all of those will be cast into a lake of fire, but you don't have to, my friend. You can acknowledge that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for your sins so that you could be forgiven of your sins. You see, I'd hate to know that for all eternity, I threw my life away as a puppet on strings, the strings of Satan. He's the one who's blinding me. He's the one who makes me say what I'm saying. I'm just strings as a puppet at the control of Satan until I trust in Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. Then God Almighty cuts those strings and I'm freed from the bondages of fear and doubt and unbelief and the control of Satan. And I'm no longer in his, under his command and in his kingdom. And I moved immediately 
into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of light, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today could be that day for you. You can be saved from your sins and walk in a place where you're being delivered daily from yourself. I pray that God stir your heart. All you have to do is confess the Lord Jesus Christ that God sent him to die for your sins, that you believe upon him and that work he did for you at Calvary, not what you do, but what he did. And you believe that God raised him from the dead on the third day to prove that sin could not hold him and that all your sin had been forgiven. All of your sin has been forgiven. Just believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Hallelujah. What a grand broadcast. A grand broadcast this has been today. Join us again Monday morning as we will strive together to begin to find the words of God's righteous truth in Romans chapter 16. Again, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you next time. God bless you.